episode 63 of Rebel FM. I am Anthony Gallegos. With me is Tyler Barber. Hey, everybody. Arthur Gies. Hi. Mash Andrenay. Hi. And in the background, you'll likely hear a dog. You won't hear the cats this time because they're terrified of this dog, but you'll hear the dog because he's very noisy. Right. He's excited. He's excited to, to be here with you, the listener. Um, it's it's his very first uh, internet podcast. Right. Yeah. I think he's a little nervous. Um, so we're going to talk about some games. So let's do that. Nice. Tyler's going to kick it off. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> I, you know, I've mostly been playing just Red Dead, <laughs> which is well, all I played last week. <laughs> I'm probably not the best to kick this one off. Well, I got the impression that was mostly <laughs> well, we, Matt, too. Have you come to any new revelations about this game? Well, t- Is it I holding actually up? played some multiplayer for yeah, the first time last I, night. I, I, I can speak on multiplayer. Cause, yeah, I would like to as well with yeah. Matt because I've played a whole bunch of that. Yeah, you played a lot more than I did, but I played for the first time last night with you and a couple other fools, and uh, it was good times. That's who you want to play with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fools, I, basically. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. No, they. I was a little bit disappointed with the free roam. <clears throat> I was like, I was hoping there would be more to do. Right. I mean, it That's, has, it has, yeah. A, yeah, it has a lot of challenges where it's like, you know, kill these animals, kill these guys in this way. The sharpshooting challenges, the hunting challenges, they're reminiscent and sometimes direct, you know, uh, just direct ripoffs or whatever you want to call it from the single player game. Exactly the same. Sometimes they're a little bit different, but they also have like a whole bunch of weapon challenges and stuff to fulfill. And it's like, man, I don't think i would ever want to try to do all these because it's just not that fun to be in free roam trying to do all these challenges it's like all i really want to do is uh like i'll do a challenge if i happen to come across an area where it's like oh here's these animals that i need to kill and they're conveniently placed right here along my path towards where i'm really going which are the bandit hideouts because those are the ones that award you the giant pile of experience at the end yeah. So it's like I don't know. I was hoping that the free roam would have a lot. <laughs> would have a, I was hoping the free roam would have a lot more uh, stuff like the single player has, like a, a, make it a little bit more co-op feel and a little bit less like multiplayer empty world feel. Right. I mean, I, I mean, guess that's that. That's totally fair. Um, I think a lot of people are really holding out, hoping like with that this co-op downloadable content that's supposed to come out in will June. be awesome. Yeah. I mean, because right now, other than the gang hideouts and then the sort of the little challenges, right. the only thing you can do are like the um, other objective versus type games, which yeah. are like the lead and gold, which yeah. I, I, I don't find those very fun. Yeah. I, I mean, it's mostly because when we get into a free roam, and you know, and, and I might be posseed up with like four or five dudes, yeah, and we start a game, it'll just throw us into the game against each other a lot of times yeah. the other people in the room won't game up as well right you know? right it, it like it looks for something that had <laughs> like i think at one point there were six of us that were in a posse together yeah. and it just looked for a game with six open slots not necessarily six open slots on the same team right yeah, yeah and that was kind of a bummer and i was hoping that you know you could you could i don't know gather resources maybe do something with them or that you could use the shopkeeps in town or whatever but the towns are basically just there so that you can kill people and get the law on your ass to to fulfill your outlaw challenges right otherwise there's no real reason to have them there except as transport hubs yeah and so like the um i you know i guess what i'm really i guess what what this game made me really want is a western a western theme and western themed mmo that plays like red dead does <laughs> right yeah. it's like i want to run around in the in the desert and you know hunt things and you know do whatever you do and go on missions and stuff and, and have real real shooting as opposed to like most mmos where it's like bush one yeah over exactly and over again. yeah 
Definitely, so, yeah. uh, and I guess I kind of thought that the open world thing, the free roam would be a little bit more MMO-like and a little bit less just uh, kind of a big open area with a few things to do that I can tell are going to kind of get boring after a while. I mean, the only impetus to, to level up is that you unlock weapons and you unlock characters and then... Well, and you unlock horses too, and then you can take those into any of the other multiplayer modes. So if you're not leveling up, then you know you're not uh, you're going to be at a disadvantage. And of course, you can level up just by playing any of the other modes as well. You get experience in any of the multiplayer modes. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Like uh, I wasn't <coughs> finding the other multiplayer modes all that fun, and I think it's because the way that the shooting works in Red Dead, it's you know it's lock on and fire. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of the it it works the same way that it did in GTA 4 like it does in Crackdown, you know. And uh, uh I for me that makes the shooting less fun than it otherwise would be. For me, I in I, multiplayer. I don't mind the lock on and you know, I I really like shooters a lot. It's my favorite sort of yeah. my favorite genre. Um but <clears throat> excuse me. You know, what one thing uh, my friends and I sort of the kick that we get out of the multiplayer is just the uh, is just like us sort of putting our own context on like what's going on like (laughs) you know like fun like funny crazy things happen and we say oh wow that was hilarious or something you know (laughs) and 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 i mean that that's what it really is and 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 i don't know i mean that's so i i think that there's a lot of gamers like they definitely want uh clear objectives and then and it's like it's like you're saying the gang hideouts they are fun and even yeah. the gang hideouts they have varied objectives like there are ones where you uh you know set set a charge at these different mm-hmm. crates there are some where you got to clear out these different buildings and there but, are some where you clear out the buildings and then yeah. you have to defend from a counterattack like outside yeah, exactly. the walls yeah exactly yeah and so i think i think against the ai the lock on is fine because yeah. to me to me, uh, 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 another reason why I feel like the lock-on and, and, and the shooting in Red Dead works a lot is because because of the Western-type guns, you need a big payoff for um, for a little output. In other words, yeah. you know they're they're all sort of semi-automatic weapons, mm-hmm. uh, single shots, so a lot a lot of coil rifles. So the gunshots have to be really good, and and and, and the way they hit the players, it's like really impactful. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I feel like when I'm shooting things in Red Dead, like you're really shooting stuff as a point as opposed to like just hitting hit boxes. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, I totally agree. Well, I mean, and you can see it. You know, we talked about that last week about how yeah. you shoot somebody in the leg or the arm and the way that they spin around and the way right. or the way their stumble. leg gets kicked out from yeah, underneath them. Exactly. But the problem <laughs> is, how long does that hold up? Yeah, and I don't think it's going to hold up long enough to keep me playing the multiplayer. Right. Um, it, now maybe when they release, like you said, the maybe, co-op maybe missions the co-op could be really could be cool. Really awesome. I'm excited yeah. for that. But I'm kind of bummed that you can't. Uh, you know how you can hold A and and match match your horse speed and kind mm-hmm. of get a little bit sticky onto onto horses in the single player game, so that you're sort of auto following people. Right. You just sort of have to. You don't really have to baby the stick. You just kind of have to gradually turn it. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's awesome because that's the exact way that horses behave in real life. You get one horse behind a lead horse and they'll just auto follow them and you just you, you know you sort of just have to barely pay attention to to where they're going yeah and uh it seems i and but it, it just doesn't work that way in multiplayer and i feel like it should work that way in multiplayer you know like if you're posseed up and you have one guy leading then everybody should be able to hold the a button and just match right. his pace or maybe even just be able to posse up and not have to worry about doing anything except aiming and shooting at that point yeah. everyone else just kind of follows the leader that would be really cool 
Sorry, Arthur, you were saying. I just asshole. had to finish my thought. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it asshole. seems like what you're saying they do in the single... They they do that in a lot of single player... Um, it seems like the way that they've tried to overcome some of the issues that they've had with the engine in the past, because mm-hmm. it's the same engine that they've used for Grand Theft Auto, and mm-hmm. and it has its roots in the Grand Theft Auto engine from last gen and Bully, etc., etc., is that they sort of mitigate the effects of having to do certain things, like instead of having to aim a lot of times, you just hit the left trigger and it goes to that guy that you need to shoot, or mm-hmm. instead of having to maintain tight control of your horse with somebody else in a mission, you just hold down A and it goes with them. And, like, that's all fine and good, but I'm still not... I actually tried to play Red Dead for about three hours this week, and I'm not feeling it at all for the exact same reasons that I haven't liked a Grand Theft Auto game pretty much ever. What are those reasons? Uh... The the metaphor I used to describe it to uh, Ryan Geddes at work was that I like the house and I like the neighborhood, mm-hmm. um, but that house and that neighborhood are built on really poor mechanical foundations. Um, the underpinnings of that engine I don't feel work very well. Mm. Um, controlling a horse is still frustrating. They still get caught on geometry. Turning is still a pain in the ass. They're not super responsive aiming is still floaty and not particularly accurate which is like i said mitigated a lot by the fact that you hold down the left trigger and it zooms in and that certainly makes it more bearable to me um i just yeah i i would disagree about the aiming like i feel you know yeah it does have the lock on with the l trigger but i feel like when i'm also just holding my gun up and doing it normal third person shooter style it feels fine to me i i think that it is if this were a shooter and you did that, then people would just rail on this game nonstop about how piss poor the controls are. Mm. Um, well, it's it, no Call of Duty, of course, but well, yeah. I, I don't even want it to be a Call of Duty. But I've already played a couple of other open world games this generation that managed to do shooting really well, and that includes mm-hmm. Red Faction. Like mm-hmm. I never would have finished Red Faction if the controls had. Yeah, been their so shooting solid. is super solid. Mm-hmm. I mean, who else does good shooting open world besides Red Faction, though? I thought Saints Row. Well, yeah. Well, okay. Same other team, than right? Uh, right? Yeah, other um, than Volition. I thought Crackdown came up with a novel input, There's... a novel way of handling it where it was never a problem. I mean, you just locked on. Yeah. yeah. Well, 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 you locked I... on, and then you would flick it a little bit to target a yeah. specific body part. That's exactly well. That's exactly what I do with uh, Red Dead. Is like I lock on, and then I f- just barely but, flick up with the right stick. And I mean, I do even it, even Crackdown didn't control particularly well in that regard. I can't. I don't know. I guess I can't think of a lot of other open world games. Yeah, I was going to say, it's pretty much just Volition. Yeah, yeah. Ju- Just Cause. Uh, I didn't really um, like the shooting in the that. The shooting either. in that's pretty bad, too, yeah. Um, the shooting in Mercenaries 2 was okay. Mm. Um, I felt it was better than it is in Grand Theft Auto. Obviously, there are a lot of other problems in that game. <laughs> yeah, except, yeah, the shooting was better, but the open the open world was not. I mean, I, I get that people love... I, I think it's great that there's freedom to do so much in every Rockstar game. I just never find myself having very much fun doing any of it and Mm. that's that could just be a sort of fundamental difference in the way that i enjoy games like i tend to enjoy games that are more focused that have the focus on doing like one or two things mechanically very well Mm -hmm. and go from there like like ninja gaiden is an example of a game that isn't as necessarily batshit over the top as some of its competitors like devil may cry or god of war but Mm -hmm. the the underlying mechanical foundation of Ninja Gaiden is more solid and and more responsive than any other character action game that I've ever played, with the possible exception of Dante's Inferno. 
Um, and that game had awful level design, so that just shit all over it. <laughs> um, and Bayonetta came the close to, closest to it after that. But I just... I'm not. I don't have fun doing the things that other people have fun doing in Red Dead Revolver. Like, mm. and I like the world is interesting, except for the fact that a fucking cougar came up and killed my horse. <laughs> man, those cougars, dude, um, they're a threat. Yeah, the bears are even worse. Uh, oh, man, bears. I appreciate that they put fast travel in there. I wish it was a little more intuitive to use. Yeah, the the fast travel is kind of awkward, um, and you know that's typical Rockstar style. Is that like they're there are, they're their menus and things are yeah, always awkward. There's always re- really weird menu yeah. awkwardness. Right. Yeah. Well, and I yeah. I mean, like, there's a lot that's awkward in, in the game from what I've played of it. But most people don't care because you can do so much stuff. Well, I feel like the menus are awkward. I feel like, you know, how you were saying uh, you like games that are focused. I would say that, uh, you know, obviously it still doesn't appeal to you. But I would say that Red Dead is the most focused of any of Rockstar's open yeah. world games, except maybe Bully. Yeah, I, I actually... But, but yeah, it's, I thought Bully was a Bully, better game than Red Dead has been in the time that I spent with it. And again, I, I haven't spent a ton of time with yeah. it. I did... Going in, people told me... I had, I had two different trains of thought about the game, which is that, oh, it's totally different than Grand Theft Auto, man. You, you should still <laughs> totally play it. It's, it's so much more awesome. And then a couple of other people that are like the voice of reality saying, dude, there's no reason you're going to like this game if you didn't like Grand Theft Auto 4. Yeah. Um, I definitely think it's a better game than Grand Theft Auto yeah, 4. Yeah, I, I would sure. say that too. Like, I don't ever picture myself going back and playing Grand Theft Auto 4 again. This game, it, I'm hoping at some point in my life I will have the 30-plus hours to set aside to play all the way through Red Dead again because the the missions in Red Dead and the characters in it and I actually think the controls are even better than in Grand Theft Auto 4 although yeah. I found uh, I did find uh, seeking cover on objects it's, it's really awkward sometimes yeah, sometimes like, that, yeah, that, that it, can really fuck there, are th- there can be things that are clearly set up for you to take cover on and like you'll set cover on on them, but you'll be like kind of off to the side or whatever, or like you'll go oh, yeah. on you to can, the wrong side of the wall. You can take a, a lot of damage behind cover the, still. Yeah, yeah. like I've, I've we've or I have said the words encounter design on the podcast a lot, and I feel like mm-hmm. the the encounter designs that I've experienced thus far haven't been very good. It's not laid out like an action game. It's laid out like, oh well, this is where these dudes would probably be standing in real life, right? That's good. Ship it. Right. And <laughs> and I get that. I just. I don't have a lot of fun with it, and I—it's definitely a more nuanced game than Grand Theft Auto is. Yeah, um, I would say I, that that encounter design definitely changes up and gets better. Like yeah. in the beginning, it's kind of straightforward, but <clears throat> later on, they definitely have things that are positioned very deliberately to guide you through. And like you'll mm-hmm. have AI team members with you sometimes that are actually worth their salt, and are a lot—it's a lot of fun to go charging into an area with one or two other people, sometimes six other people with right. you, and. You do feel like you're in the center of kind of this chaotic battle and uh, that there's like this action movie going on around you. It can be really enjoyable. Yeah. And yeah. I, I I, mean, the other things, I totally lost my train of thought for a second. I appreciate, although some people have apparently bitched about this, that they've sort of drawn a moral line in the sand as far as what he will or won't do Yeah, character-wise. Like yeah. he won't cheat on his wife. Right. And after hearing the way that people reacted to Nico's fucking yeah. 180 shift yeah. in Grand Theft yeah. Auto 4 I think that that was a good call I think yeah, so yeah you know um, you know, I, I wonder if that's just more of a, a Rockstar San Diego thing coming off of Bully I, I, I wonder if it was was it Rockstar San Diego that did Bully 
I thought so. I, I thought, thought we established Boston last time it was it was it was the same team that did bully that does this. I could I be wrong. So. I'm not I, sure. I wasn't here last but, week. But but um, <laughs> okay. Aww. Well, um, you know I Whoa. I put I I, I, I did put up <laughs> I put up on my Twitter that I I do feel like the missions are just much better, and I've you know I've said in the past that I feel like Rockstar is really learning how to make better missions. I mean they're sort of they sort of like take baby steps forward with each game I think that they make, and uh, you know and like I've. I was real proselytizing on Liberty City stories and all those, but um, Summit Sarkar actually sort of responded to one of my tweets and sort of probed me on the questions of, like, why I thought the missions were better in Red Dead. And uh, I like that question because it's... Did you come up with any conclusions? I mean, it, it's it's tough because in, 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 in a lot of ways, uh, what I would come up with is you're doing the same exact things. Like, oh, man, yeah, I mean, you know, you're on a horse and buggy while, you know, the guy's driving the horses away and you're... Turn around, clipping off the dudes that are you know chasing yeah. you down, or uh, basically know. it comes down to the fact that there's cowboys. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and so yeah, submit. You know, he was that, saying, is that it makes just me, the setting that makes that it makes better? me want to like it more? I mean, I think especially after Gun, like we're all like, okay, well now we need another fucking western game. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. that's one of the reasons why I wanted to give it a chance, and I might still play it a little bit more. Um, so yeah, and, and that blows but, my mind too because we played through Gun, and like this is. This is definitely a better game than Gun, but it's uh, Gun. I, I mean, think in some ways was man, was Gun, more focused. Yeah, Gun was a better action game than this like, is an action game, and Gun is fast. Like yeah, Gun just clips fast. along. Yeah, unless you don't want it to, but if you want Gun to clip along super fast, Gun yeah. clips along like a third-person action game. Yeah, um, and I, I guess the other thing is like I've just been really realizing that I I I spend a lot of time in open-world games, and that those games are really the type of games that I like. You know, mm-hmm. like. I stopped playing Dead Space. I just never came back. I, I stopped. I stopped playing Alan Wake when I mm. got this. I'm afraid I might never go back. <laughs> I I'm less of to. a linear kind of guy, Which man. Is, I and I mean I get that. I just for me it's like like I don't like camping. I don't want to go hunting. I don't want to go right. hunting virtually, much less physically. <laughs> yeah. I I oh, would never want to go hunting God. in real life either. I'm not a. Uh, I'm not a hunting person. I'm a right, I know. vegetarian. I feel bad killing I just, all there's just, animals. How, how these things someone don't. Someone these someone things don't interest me. Like riding yeah. a horse doesn't interest me. Like the the thing that interests Have you ever me ridden about a horse. No, because oh, it's fun. Riding a horse doesn't interest me. You, you know, I think you say that before you've actually ridden a horse. Yes. Riding a horse is actually That's a pretty incredible true. experience. Yes, yes. I, I felt the same exact way. And when Jody and I first started dating. Her birthday present that she wanted was to go ride horses. She wanted me to try it, and <laughs> it is badass. The uh, I, I actually um, I just I need to apologize to the people listening that this is becoming a podcast of animal pandemonium. <laughs> <The zoo. laughs> yeah, there's like cats meowing because they're upset to be locked in a room, and <laughs> and uh, poor Admiral running around like panting and ah, he's a puppy. He's got a lot of energy. Rubble um, FM's gonna appear next week under the Animal Planet <laughs> banner. I I just. But yeah, I like uh, my the early part of my childhood was in Idaho, and some of my family members have a ranch up in the Rockies, and I actually spent a lot of time on horses as a kid. It's kind of funny, like when I was really young, I actually got bucked off a horse, oh, yeah. and it broke my arm, and I was like scared to ride horses after that. And like now these days, where like I totally wouldn't be scared to ride horses anymore, like I that's not a part of my life that really happens. But I still remember the times as a kid when I loved being on horses and i remember what it was like and uh it is a pretty incredible experience and 
what I really like in Red Dead is that the horses don't just feel like a car that sort of animates differently. You know, they they feel somewhat like a like an animal. Like they'll they they try to shear away when you're getting cl- close to a cliff, even like before mm-hmm. you see it. You know, or they get upset when you're when you get near deep water or yeah. anything like that. I think even the way that you have to kind of like constantly monitor their stamina like when i like that a lot i, like I that think that's panic. that's smart and I, I think that's a good way yeah. to handle like to add a little bit of realism to the it, whole concept it of feel organic right mm-hmm. i just that's for me riding the horses in red dead that's the only part that feels natural mm-hmm. like yeah i i mean did you have to pound the a button in grand theft auto 4 to run i don't remember yeah that. yeah you did and yeah. then you ran it single and, player and in single player, yeah. And then you actually, if you pound the A button, then he would run out of stamina and have to catch his breath. And in this one, Marston, you can sprint yeah, forever. Yeah, you can go on as long as you can. So there are, and, and there are so many, like, minute changes like that. Yeah, there are. Like, there are a lot of them. It's, but at the same time, there are the things where you run, you want to smash your head against the wall. Because it's like, why are there, <laughs> like, why are you doing these weird-ass menus? Like, when, you know, when you go to skin an animal, it's always just like weird. Why, like it's a weird why do I get caught on rocks and all of a sudden have to back away and slowly turn my horse completely in the opposite direction, <laughs> then move to the right and then turn in the opposite direction? Yeah. We're going to have a cat beating the shit out of a dog on this this week's podcast. <laughs> uh, but man, one one thing I love about I, I don't know if I said it last episode is the map. I love the way the map uh, takes away and adds information as you zoom in and out. It's mm. just stylized, really nice. Yeah, I think so too. It's a nice um, little touch. I do wish that uh, you could scroll around a little faster. I mean, I realize you can zoom yeah. out to move faster and then zoom in, but yeah. I feel like overall it just doesn't scroll fast enough. It's huge. But I mean, it's uh, it's you know once again it's the for some reason Rockstar's awkward menus and like yeah. just things and, and it feels a lot of times like when uh, you know every time I hit the start button there's a pause when I hit a sub menu there's a pause you know yeah it's it's almost like it has to load a menu every time it does. Have to load a menu. I mean, time. like it has to. It's it's like it has to load from disk every time, which is really yeah. annoying. I installed it on my 360, and I actually find that it loads super fast. Are the menus any quicker? They don't seem like there are. There's a drag to me. I feel mm-hmm. like I can queue up commands for the menu. Yeah, you totally no can. Like if you did hit you, start and start quickly it? after, it'll go straight to the map. Did you install it yeah. or? Yeah. Oh. Weird. Yeah, you can totally queue. I up install commands. everything on my 360. Well. But anyway, um, somebody like uh, having... somebody asked me on my Twitter, like, how do we feel about skinning the animals? <laughs> I, th- I thought that might be fun. Yeah, somebody asked me that too. Yeah, I think. Well, maybe it was the same guy. Yeah, yeah who's probably it's a game? I could care less. Yeah, I know exactly. that, that, that's how it's I feel. How like, I feel if too. if you can justify killing a human in a game, like, what's the, you know? <laughs> oh, no, it was this guy. Yeah, it was this guy, uh, uh, Trevor, that uh, yeah. I met at PAX last good year. Good buddy, yeah. good buddy. Yeah, and he was saying that's that. A good question, um, though. Yeah, he's like, as a fellow vegetarian, uh, you know, like, I feel like the skinning in the game would bother me, like the animal killing and skinning. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't have to kill animals. You don't have to. Yeah. I mean, the unless game, that course, cougar is coming it. straight for your horse, in which case you really <laughs> want to kill that yeah. thing. But I mean, like, yeah, I don't feel anything when I do it because like it, it is a game and it's also like it's appropriate to the time period, you know, and like these these were human beings that didn't really think anything of killing and skinning animals you know it was just and it was pretty necessary a lot of times it was necessary you know a lot of times it was just like you know i'm gonna go out and kill some wolves and there was just so many of them yeah (laughs) and they look so funny i think the only thing that bothers me a little bit about the skinning is that you just leave this skinned carcass behind Right, right. Yeah, that makes me. A li- that makes the. It does say like collect elk meat, like you picked up one elk meat or whatever. Right, mm-hmm. but there's still like the skinned carcass just laying in the middle of the and desert. And the carcass yeah. still has physics. 
Yeah. <laughs> you can still I, bump them around. I'm not saying that it's a bad game. I'm not saying it's overrated. I'm just saying it, it doesn't appeal it, to you. It is yeah. what it is, and at this point, I just need to accept the fact that Rockstar has a a design philosophy that focuses on things that are of a lower importance to me than the things that really stick out to me that they seem to invest less in. Well, what bums me out is that like uh, that you're gonna miss out on. I think the best story Rockstar has ever told. Man, the story is good, and that includes Bully. It oh. just—it really is that incredible. I—that's that, what I hear. I—I do—I have sort of come to the point where I'm like, okay, so the Hauser's idea of social commentary is a to say that everyone is racist, and b that religion is stupid. See, I, I don't know <laughs> if this a, is a, a man. Thing. That game just a... fucks you in the eye socket with racist white people and mm. classist white people and in the God opening. and Jesus. In, in, in the opening because where the begin, the game sets but you know when you start moving to, to the different lands you start dealing with different people like in Mexico you don't get any of that. Right. Yeah the whole you know? the whole like It's more their their sort of assessment of America. Right. In fact like right in Which the beginning like wrong. those those people that you see on the train that you see in that opening sequences that feel like I, I felt the same thing too. Like, oh, they're setting up the whole the the whole thing, the whole mood for the rest of the game, and those people that are on that train are taken care of kind of in the first act of the game, and then it just totally it's not that way for the rest of the game. And then the uh, and having beat it, I finally beat the game, uh, and my God, the way that that game ends is uh, it's so appropriate. And so extraordinary at the same time, like they, I don't think they could have handled it any better. It's it's probably one of my favorite endings to a game ever. We've been pretty lucky, I think, in the last seven or eight months to have a lot of really good games that have a lot of really good endings. Yeah, yeah, thank uh, Christ. Yeah, I mean, and I was thinking about that today uh, too when I was like, all right, I finally beat this game and I love this ending. I was thinking, man, do, do we? It's so easy to go back and remember throughout most of my gaming history how every single game was a letdown when you would beat it. You know, right? Like, but I I can't remember the last time there was a game that I was super excited for that disappointed me with the ending. Like, yeah. Mass Effect Two's ending is fucking unbelievable. Yep. Like, Assassin's Creed 2's ending yep. is good as long as you invested time in those characters. Right. Um, Alan Wake's ending disappointed me a little bit. I wasn't disappointed with Alan Wake's ending. I'm still not sure I get all of Alan Wake's <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Ending. That's part of the reason that I'm disappointed by it. <laughs> I don't want something that I have to sit there and think about for a long that's time. That's so consistent with the kind of story that that is with its supposed influences that I'm like, I'll, wor I'll chew this over a little bit. And, if, yeah. and I could end up being more disappointed in, in a week. That is a that's puppy growl, folks. Um, <laughs> like Bioshock 2's ending, I was very ambivalent about, but I wasn't. I didn't really enjoy that. It game wasn't bad. That it much. wasn't a bad ending. No, I mean, it was probably better than the first ones. Yeah, that I, was I, the God of War three ending. I, you know what? I, my understanding of the God of War three ending is is that it was fine. I haven't beaten that game, and I haven't gone back to it since I quit a couple months ago. Yeah, I thought the I thought the ending of God of War was fine. Um, bad Company two ends pretty cool. Yeah, I, I thought mm -hmm. that whole campaign was good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's weird, though, because there were so many games in the past where it was almost like a game would just end or it would end with a boss battle and then it would just go into credits or whatever and no epilogue or nothing. Right. And, like, it's, uh, it, I think it really has been, uh, there are all, of course, there are notable exceptions, exceptions throughout all of gaming history, but it seems that, like, the standard has really become 
this generation and towards the end of the last generation to really focus on a quality climactic sequence and a, and a satisfying ending. You think this generation that it's focused on that? I feel like I I've feel like it's like well I I feel like that has really come into its own like that whole idea that like our game really has to end well people have to feel that they've you know accomplished something or gotten something out of it rather than the game just plain ending. I feel like we've hit the point in this generation where developers think that they can focus on narrative satisfaction instead in in addition to solid gameplay fundamentals like they're all well, like, that's essentially what i'm saying right, right okay yeah all right then we're together matt yes and i love you <laughs> live together die alone um, <laughs> speaking of endings yeah <laughs> tyler did you have anything else nope it's funny that you mentioned dead space because mm-hmm. i've actually been playing dead space again oh yeah that I've, game is so good that. you're playing on hard though right? i am playing on hard Man, i don't know if i could do that game on hard that game on hard stresses me the fuck out. See, that's just it. Is like that game on normal stresses me out. Like uh, I, I, I jumped out of my seat several times. Nothing even has to be happening in Dead Space on hard for me to be stressed <laughs> out. Like all of a sudden, the audio will just kick in and surround me with all this, all these fucked up noises and the implication <laughs> that something is there. And I'm right. just like, I just put down the controller and walk away for a little bit because I need a break. Yeah. yeah. And, I had to do that. And then during fights, like, Anthony came in last night while I was in a fight, and the whole time I was running around th- saying, I'm going to fucking die. They're going to fucking kill me. I'm going to fucking die. It was die. very, very close. <laughs> and on hard with the level two suit, which is what you had at the time, you could only take, like, two hits from right. anything. And, and oh, that's right. the kind of game where they don't do you the service of knocking you down to red before the last hit kills you, because I've totally had, like, a bar and a half of health, and one of the black slimy ones comes up and just cuts me in half. Oh, <laughs> um, and the deaths in that game are so right, brutal, right? And I'm not, I'm not jokingly saying you cut me in half. Like my yeah. body goes into two or three pieces, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and also, there's just things I never saw last time around that I'm seeing this time, like uh, necromorphs playing possum after oh, I wow. shoot them, not before. Wow! Like I will take them down to the ground, and they will stop moving, and I will walk by, and they will jump back up at me. Holy crap! I didn't know that happened. Um, yeah, I didn't either. Like necromorphs that you walk up on on a hallway that jump up, that's normal. Right. Like if you right. see a necromorph and you haven't killed it, you should shoot that fucking thing. Right. But, <laughs> but I never saw them play possum like that after I'd engaged them. That's awesome if that's something that they put in into the AI code with hard. I, I asked on Twitter and some people acted like they saw that all the time. Huh. I, feel, I, I just, feel like that sounds familiar to me and I barely played the game at all. I think maybe mm. it just happens because they take so much more damage yeah, you're not killing than they do on, quick. on normal. Yeah. Ammo management is much more important. Like, panic firing is trouble. There right. is something going on behind me, and I'm not sure what. <laughs> the puppy's tossing around his bed in his in his cage. <laughs> <laughs> that dog is determined to derail our show. Uh, but At least he's it's good been, at keeping himself occupied. It's been so long since I played that game. Um, I finished it when it came out, and I haven't yeah. played it since. And yeah, me either. I mean, since then, I have a new TV and a new sound system and new speakers, <laughs> and I was like, Jesus Christ, this game, A, is beautiful, and B, has the most effective use of sound in a, in a horror-type oh, game uh, totally. Dude. ever. Yeah. It's period. The, well, that's another game, man. I talked about the level design in Killzone 2 last episode. Yeah, I, I soon recall you mentioning something about that. And everything Damn. about the design in Dead Space just feels so fucking deliberate. God, yep. and it's so, so rich. I mean, 
I I say I played Dead Space. I probably spent six hours of Dead Space, and I probably did one hour of mission. <laughs> I probably just looked at the walls the whole time. That's right. how I played. And I'm, I went to, in GDC of 2009, they had a design presentation on Dead Space and Killzone as well. Ah. Uh, and one of the things they said is that they they did a lot of homework as to how they wanted the game to look and, and the kind of senses they wanted to evoke and the stuff that they could do with their engine because it uses a similar kind of engine to Uncharted and Killzone, mm-hmm. which is where um, it doesn't necessarily render skin very well and it can't do hair mm-hmm. very well, but it can have a fuck ton of lights mm-hmm. and shadows, which mm-hmm. is what Dead Space does. Oh, and yeah. A lot of other horror games will sort of ape horror movie conventions and not really understand why. They'll just sort of take these things right. that they've seen in movies and throw them in the game and hope that it sticks, that it hope that it reminds people of that. But whenever I see that stuff in Dead Space, it seems so purposeful. Like mm-hmm. you go into a room and the lights are blinking and flashing and strobing and you're like, oh, this reminds me of Alien or Aliens. And then you're like, well, this works this way exactly because there's so many lights going off that it distracts you and you're not sure if you see what's moving or not. Yep. And the sound effects are the same way. Yeah. And so playing that game, it's it's very immersive in that respect because everything feels aimed at evoking a particular response, which is to make me shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> and it works too. It, it does. I did have to buy new pants. Yep. Um, but, uh, I'm, it's kind of nice going back So when back you, when you play on hard, uh, do, do they let you do like new game plus, or do you have to start? No, over? that's only on the same difficulty. Uh, wow. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Man, talk about stressful. Yeah. yeah I don't seriously. think I could do it. It's it's really, I've been doing it for about a week and a half, and I managed to play about four and a half hours. Right, <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> and that, I mean, Dead Space is a pretty long game as far as action it games is. go. It's like sixteen hours. Yeah, or something. it's it's a good like hour and ten yeah. minutes or so per chapter. Yeah, is he behind the gate now? Yeah. Oh, okay. You don't have to whisper. He's gonna bark in a minute. <laughs> I'm trying to stymie my anger at the moment. At him or me? No, <laughs> at, at Arthur. At him. <laughs> okay. He's so, a puppy. It's cool. He's just excited. There's so many people here right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, somebody pissed on our bath rug in our bathroom. Oh. oh. Could have been one of the cats, too, because they're terrified to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so, anyways, it might have been chance. me because I did have to go really Yeah, I don't know when, when he's I had the chance either. So, um, anyways. <laughs> I just have to listen to the headphones to see how much he's coming through. Oh, man, he cuts through that perfectly. <laughs> so anyways, you guys were talking about Dead Space. It's like you guys are in the room with us. <laughs> uh, yeah, just that Dead Space is intense and awesome. And, and still intense and awesome. Yeah. Um, man, I want to play the second one so bad, especially yeah. after seeing like that quick preview. One would hope that you would be able to see or play Dead Space 2 a little sooner than the rest of us, Matt doesn't work like that jay fresh is the community manager he's not the pr manager he's people who know people though. yes that's true Off well i'm record. sure i'm sure he's re- i'm sure he's responsible for uh getting us one of the appointment slots to see that preview that everybody talked about yeah i i haven't seen anything of dead space 2 in person and it's pretty i feel like there's a gaping hole in my heart yep what's um, the uh release window for that is that a next year 2011 okay yeah. Oh, I thought that oh was... you know, in the very uh, open 
first quarter of 2011, you know, with <laughs> fucking everything else that's coming out then. Cool. <laughs> New Christmas. We have not yep. seen the last of games from this year coming out in, in the beginning of 2011, I assure you. <laughs> no, um, not at all. What else have I played? Uh, I played some Red Dead. I don't know how much more Red Dead I'm going to play. Yeah. Uh, I played Alpha <laughs> Protocol. Also, do not know how much more Alpha Protocol I'm going to play. <laughs> that good, huh? We can talk about that. Yeah, the embargo's tomorrow. That game looks bad. <laughs> <laughs> you cut me off. I was going to make my poop from a butt comparison. <laughs> what is it? Uh, Alpha Protocol is the spy RPG from Obsidian. Uh, Obsidian are guys who made uh, who made Fallout and Fallout Two. And then they formed a team and have done a number of high-profile follow-ups to popular RPG games that right. have almost universally been broken yeah. and incomplete. Yeah. Uh, the most notorious of which is KOTOR 2. Yes. <laughs> which people are still trying to fix. I know. It's funny. Like, There's always people coming out. With, uh, there were mods right away. Like, Here's all the hidden content right. that they meant to put in the game. and then Six people... years later, yeah. we're still waiting for that game to be finished. Yeah. It's kind of um, nuts. I don't know. I guess it's good that most people won't link the fact that they're making New Vegas. Because if I was the people that like were releasing New Vegas Bethesda, I'd be a little worried. Like People are going to see this and think that they suck. <laughs> but most people will just assume. They won't yeah. even think, oh, this They'll just is... think it's the new Fallout. Uh, I yeah, would hope yeah. that they have a little more pride in working on Fallout, considering they're the ones that created it in the first fucking place. <laughs> but Alpha Protocol is an original IP, and it is bad. It is... It is not good. Oh, it has some, uh, it has some really bad animation. The, yeah, the oh. animation feels like it's... It feels like it's from early PS2 era. I mean, are there any redeeming qualities? I mean, is There the are, and good, that's what or? makes it so it's weird. dialogue trees like and the stuff. Di- the way the dialogue trees is, is interesting. Like, you don't select dialogue options. You select a posture to have huh. your guy assume as he's holding these conversations... Well, and people will react positively or negatively to you depending on how you approach them. That's kind of cool. And it's got like cool mechanics for like the lock picking. Yeah, is really like the cool. lock pick, the lock picking on console is cool. Right on PC, I guess it's super easy. Um, yeah, I can believe that. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard another thing that they try to do cool with dialogue is uh sometimes they'll give you a certain amount of time to respond uh, every time oh that's all for every conversation okay. you only have a certain amount of time to pick mm-hmm. a type of response and then does I mean, it choose for you yes gotcha and that's well, cool. i mean you have a default posture right gotcha. and then when you add on stuff like you know you're gonna level up your guns or your ability well, you buy upgrades to your guns and you buy new guns and it's very much like an rpg except with modern day shit Hmm. Uh, the combat is terrible, oh. um, like worse than Mass Effect by orders of magnitude. Bad. Wow! And um, you didn't put a two at the end of that. No, Mass Effect. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't win. Really, you can't. There's no winning. He Where tried, did you put him in the bathroom? He tried locking him in the door. Yeah. Oh, dude. There's like, too much energy in that dog to be contained by a bathroom. I know. For real. Uh, He's the island. <laughs> this ain't the geek box <laughs> i i wanted alpha protocol to be awesome because yeah, it sounds like such obsidian a great does concept. have a pedigree and you know what there was some awesome stuff in kotor 2 there was yeah. kotor 2 
people universally agree and uh, well not universally because i hate making most blanket people statements. agree most people agree blanket statement that, blanket statement exactly right. uh kotor 2 started out so strong and had so much potential and just fell apart about it ends in a through. car accident essentially yeah I mean. exactly and it because like i remember thinking like i got kotor 2 and pe- everybody was saying like oh it falls apart it's so awful i can't believe they screwed it up so bad and i'm playing kotor 2 and i'm like man this is better than kotor 1 seriously this game is so awesome six fucking crystals in my lightsaber are you serious <laughs> man i can like make my crew members jedis i can like influence them to the light or the dark side yeah. how awesome is all this and then just no actually none of that actually really happens <laughs> it was such a big bummer <laughs> Uh, it's going to be a fun pooch. few weeks of podcasts. Yep. Okay. Um, Somehow you'll have to you'll have to train Admiral that uh, podcast time is quiet time. Right. It's so anyway, dark gun. I, I mean, you level up <laughs> and you gain levels and you add to skills. It's just so far none of it seems to matter very much. Yeah, um, that's too bad. But there's enough little stuff in there that you're like, okay, well maybe I'll come back to this and play a little bit of it. Right. And then you'll just spend the whole time thinking, oh, God, this is awful, and mm. stop. And then a day or two later, you might say, okay, well, maybe I, could, maybe I can do this for a little bit. Right. Um, and then you play want for to hour. like it. You, I really want to like Alpha Protocol. Yeah. I really do. And I can't because it is not good. Wah, wah. Um, I'm playing the PS3 version, which is the worst-looking version of the three. Oh, although, sure although I saw the 360 version today and three, it don't, it don't look them, good either. No, none of them look good. Like, the character models are universally horrendous. The animation is terrible. The environments look bad. The collision detection looks bad. On the console versions, the brightness is so fucked up that you may have to turn it all the way up in order to see where you need to go. Wow, really? Um, the shooting is bad. The controls are shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's just a laundry list of of problems and. Jesus Christ! <laughs> just pet him. Just pet him. Petting him doesn't help. <laughs> oh my god! The more noise you make, the more riled up he gets. Today I was listening about to to about Tasmanian devils and how they get tumors on their face. This is going to be a train wreck of a podcast. We are definitely not going to finish by ten. <laughs> At this rate. We need some children's cough syrup. Just put in a bowl and let them lick up. So yeah, I I do. I really want to like Alpha Protocol. I wanted Alpha Protocol to be good, but Sega has been in damage control mode on this game for at least a year, and now it is abundantly apparent why. Right. Uh, I think it's out in Europe tomorrow. I hope this goes up before a bunch of people in Europe buy it. That's just... It's such a bummer when stuff like that happens because, you know, I, I feel I feel bad for the people that worked on the game. I feel bad for, uh, you know, the publisher. I feel bad for, like, I don't know, anybody that has anything to do with the game. I mean, imagine being, like, the PR marketing people on that game and thinking, like, man, we have to try to make our money back on this what's right. obviously going to be a bombshell of a game. Right. And this game is so bad that it makes me worried about Fallout New Vegas. Hmm. It's flat out. Well, this, do they have different teams working on the two mm, games? I, I doubt it. I don't think Obsidian is that big. Mm. Um, and Hard I mean, like everyone has talked about how amazingly uh, 
Fallout New Vegas has demoed and how impressive it looks and how together it looks. Right. But people said the same shit about KOTOR 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now I am not... I'm not. I'm no longer sold on, on New Vegas until I start seeing reviews. Right. Until we get it in the office and I can see that game. Right. And talk to people who are playing it. The people in the office who have played it though said it was good. Again though, Kotor Two dem- demoed awesomely. Mm-hmm. But Kotor Two ended up still being a game people really liked, Kotor, even with the bugs. I, I think a lot of people. It wasn't just bugs in Kotor Two. Like the ending was broken. And there were like pieces that. Of the story that just were not there, they were cut wholesale and no like, explanation. Oh well, yeah, was made. it it had uh, it had the most loose ends of probably any RPG I've ever played in my life. I mean, there were so many storylines that just like stopped. I was right. like, what the hell happened to all of these people's stories? And it's like, oh, that's right, half the game isn't in. Yeah. Yep. So uh, last week I went to Judges Week. I can't talk about very much of it yet. Uh, yeah. I can't talk about. Namco, which is unfortunate because it was Namco. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, I saw Enslaved, and I don't really have anything to say about it because yeah. if you've seen a trailer or a video of that game playing, you know about as much as I do about that game. Mm. Um, I did see the trailer. I wasn't. I have no idea what to think about it. I want I it to be good. Yeah. I the visual design is interesting. I think it's an interesting take on a post-apocalyptic world, mm-hmm. or it's like a post-post-apocalyptic world. Mm-hmm. where things are moving on and humanity is being left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, I played Naruto <laughs> Ultimate Ninja Storm 2, and that game is gorgeous and kind of stupid. <laughs> as a fighting games, as always have been like pretty decent, as at least as far as being like really simple, right. easy-to-learn fighters. And, and I think it's actually more simple than the, the Naruto games you played on 360. Mm. Um also play so they're Clash more like so they're kind of like just brawlers, really. It's a lot like Power Stone games. without the Power Stones. Uh, well, they're gotcha. still they're still one on one fighting games, right? Uh, they are, but you have like a co op partner that you can bring in to help you. Okay, and cool. there's a lot of environmental stuff going on. I think there's an adventure mode, but they weren't talking about any of it. Um, right, of course. I played Clash of the Titans, which is stop me if you've heard this one an action game in third person. <laughs> <laughs> where you have multiple weapons that you can use against enemies by mixing up heavy and light attacks. Did it actually say attack. this? Oh, yeah. I've never played a game like that I know, that right? That's, uh, it's a novel idea. That's extraordinary. The nicest thing I could say about it is that it's competent, and it is. It's, it's not the worst third-person action game I played. It's not the worst licensed title I've played. Right. It seems like it's missed the boat a little bit. Maybe it'll make the raft because that game is coming out on or movie is coming out on DVD in July. Mm. Damn. Um, uh, Oddly enough, a listener on Twitter suggested for me to check out this one PC game, and it was also called Clash of the Titans. Um, Yeah, but it was it's just like a little uh, indie game, and it's almost like a cross between an RTS game and a tower defense, and it's got this really really rad art style, like cool uh, kind of eight bit like style and uh it's i don't know is i just it, saw the trailer i haven't played the game yet but is it pc or yeah it's p uh i think it was like pc mac and linux nice but uh yeah i'm gonna download the demo and check it out yeah for real i just thought it was funny you brought it up <laughs> i also saw fear three yeah nice. uh, i cannot talk is about... that still being done by monolith no it is being done by day one studios mm. day one studios did Move. mech assault 
Oh, the Xbox ones? Mech Assault 2, I believe. Yes, the Xbox hmm. ones. Those weren't bad. No, they no, weren't. I never played them. Uh, I cannot tell you whether the game plays well or not. <laughs> uh, it sure looks like a fear game. Uh, obviously, the big new thing is co-op. Right. In that, which is a sort of asymmetric co-op in which each person can do different things. One person plays as the point man, who still doesn't have a name, but has a rather amazing beard. <laughs> uh, and they added something called active cover which is where you're on one side of cover and if you're getting flanked you just tap the a button or whatever and you flip over to the other side and immediately are pointing in the other direction well that's awesome which that, is kind of cool that's something that i've felt cover systems needed for a while right and you're not the only one i've heard say that there yeah. it, it is probably a pretty good idea um we'll see how it pans out when the game is playable yeah. um it's like a, it's a first person cover system though yes well, because that was the whole thing about um, fears that the enemy AI would always try to flank you. And they had level design specifically made it seem as though the AI was awesome because they would just have pathing to flank you. It looked much more uh, aggressive this time, the AI. Cool. Um, it was the, already aggressive in the fear games. That the was kind of their hallmark. Second player plays as the ghost of Paxton Fettel. Who was the bad guy from the first game. Right. He's the guy you uh, kill in the first game, who is your brother in the first game. Right. That that character's name alone is reason enough not to care. <laughs> I can't believe you're playing as a ghost, too. It's like a ghost. Seriously, what the fuck? Uh, How does he get ghost, hurt? Uh, you, By uh, bullets? You take damage. You do. He's a ghost. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, what the so hell? They, they released DLC for Fear 2 last year, and that actually added a, a section of game completely separate from the single-player campaign that details the rebirth of Paxton Fettel. But I can't tell if that contradicts the Paxton Fettel that's in Fear Three. Hmm. They have had they have done so many things with so many other people and so many studios working on these games mm-hmm. that I don't even know if they know what the fuck is going on. Project Origin, <laughs> uh, yeah, Project Origin, Perseus Mandate, Extraction Point. Oh wow, I forgot about all this. Wow, that's right, motherfuckers. I read all about it. I have a preview going up tomorrow. Well, when this will be live, you'll you'll hear this, and the preview will be up, which is why I can talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but you take over people as Paxton Fettel. You possess uh, people. Ye old possession mechanic. Yeah. Uh, when you leave a body, they explode. Uh, cool. You can cause pe- bodies. Will. You can throw people up in the air, and the point man can kill them. Um, hmm. It it just could be interesting because they both have ulterior motives. Like, the point man is trying to stop Alma from giving birth, and I think Paxton is trying to rejoin her and take his place next to her. Hmm. Um, it just seems like who still cares about this franchise, right? I don't think someone does. Did but that well, um, I think this is Warner Brothers' big push for fear. I just don't get it. It's not to like me, it's... the uh, the shooting seems interesting. It's the like the levels and stuff. It seems the combat's like it be always been good. In the fear. combat, the shooting has always been pretty good. As a shooter, it is fun. They yeah. talked about stressing the importance of outdoor environments, but the developers behind the second one stressed that same thing. And they and didn't... it really just ended up being outdoor environments in a broken down city where it was lake corridors, anyways. Right. Well, we've got <laughs> the corridors are bigger this time. Yeah, <laughs> but it was outdoor in a city that was burnt out, so it was still corridors. There's yeah. no ceiling. Yeah. Uh, there's sort of semi-randomized spawns for paranormal enemies in some mm-hmm. places. Uh, yeah. Was it scary? How about that? Because the, the first one was no. scary. The second one was not. 
The first one no, wasn't scary. No, it, it seems so far to rely on a lot the of first shock one, value. The first one was scary in the same way that Doom 3 was scary. Like, now I don't think Monster Doom 3 Claus would be scary. scary. Yeah. But Doom 3 was scary at the time because other games weren't doing that. Like, other, you didn't expect they boom moments in a first-person shooter. You know, and they were so dark. That yeah. was the other thing. Games hadn't yeah. been that dark before. So, I, I don't know. It doesn't. It's hard for me to get a, a bead on how scary it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are parts where that game looks really, really sketchy. Um, really? Like, it's it looks like it's running in sub-HD resolutions. Like, it looks like certain elements look like they're from a PlayStation game. Wow. So, I am concerned about parts of that game, but it could be cool. Right. I, I just really don't know yet. Well, and who knows what's going to be... what you know, what's going to be improved and tweaked and finished right. by the time it comes out. Um, As per the usual. Right. So what you're saying, Arthur, is there isn't much to fear about fear. <laughs> <laughs> With the uh, Elite 3 for the E. It could fear. be It could be a bloody good time. <laughs> Dude, you're right. Yeah, it's fear. F3AR. Yeah. <laughs> like I, you know what? In my preview, I just say fear 3. Yeah. Fuck that noise. <laughs> I capitalize fear. That's all they get out of me. First encounter assault recon. Yeah, it stood for something, quote unquote. Right. Who cares? Uh, and that, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, I I can't even remember if there's anything else I can talk about right now. But <laughs> in the coming weeks, I will talk about more. Yeah. How was he, Three Judges Week? Was it fun? Yeah. Huh? It was in L.A. It was it was L.A. I'm I'm sort of uh, ambivalent about L.A. Uh, yeah, the weather... but I mean, like, did was it? I mean, the process or anything was it enjoyable? Was it annoying? Did they yeah. see? I mean, if you can't talk you about, about it, no, I didn't. We didn't see any. <laughs> there were no professionals that I saw. Um, professional ladies. I mean, of the it's night. Al- it's always nice to to like. I got to see Sterling and Patrick and Skip from G4 quite a bit. And that's always that's always good. Yeah. I uh, got to meet some people from IGN LA. Um, this is the part where one of our coworkers would go, "Cool story, bro." <laughs> <laughs> is that a, like an inside joke to say? I like, don't know. Apparently, that must come from some video clip I've never seen online sound, or something. Sounds like uh, so. Is that like shut up? This is boring. Let's move on. Is I guess people do it all the time at work. I you don't guess get it. either. You know where you don't. Cool actually. story, bro. I don't actually know where it comes from. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's not a lot that I can say about it. Like, I can't say, oh, it was awesome. or. Oh, well, I don't sucked. know. I was just curious about it because, you know, sometimes those processes are kind of belabored. It, there, but, it was a lot of shit. Yeah. It was like 65 games. Did wow. they have open bar? Yes, definitely. The entire time? For everything. <laughs> Dude. So just, uh, you read it. Arthur, was, the Arthur, was, Arthur was completely wasted 24 yeah, 7. Exactly. Well, I'm not saying Arthur. We know Arthur doesn't drink, but. There was not a moment that went by that I was not completely destroyed on brownies. <laughs> <laughs> but just, just. Special brownies. So pe- No, just regular brownies, man. That shit goes right to my head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, they always do cater those things well, though. Eh, sometimes man did we already talk about the, all- the Activision event had fucking amazing fried macaroni and cheese oh, <laughs> you say oh no it, it would have it changed would change your life no, it involves all cool story bro I love it that's a cool story um, <laughs> so that was a dumb trend to start um, <laughs> did everyone else already talk about their games that they played yeah. while I was on Pocket Patrol was there Patrol? anything else other than the Red, Red Dead I, uh, so. I just wanted to talk about a couple Xbox indie games that I that I played um there was one called, uh, I think I talked about it before, actually. It's called Groove. It's fun. It's a lot like Geometry Wars, only it's time to music. 
Yeah, well, yeah, we've we've pimped that on the show quite a quite a few times. Okay, yeah, that one's pretty that good. One. And then I but played it's worth uh, another pimp. But I mean, just... and there's this one Japanese game, and I'm totally gonna get it wrong. It's like Mamuto or Mumato or Mumoto, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> and it's one of those combinations of letters and vowels. And uh, the problem is, is that like you're gonna have a really hard time finding it if you want to play it because it's in the the title is in Japanese. So if you go to the Xbox Indies, the only way to find it in their freaking arcane annoying menu is to go to all listings and scroll all the way down to the bottom where the Japanese titles are and then you have to look for the one with the right cover art and the right cover art has like these four dudes like kind of around a like coming at you they're kind of like around a princess and it's based off the concept of the game so the game is uh, it's full on 8-bit it's 8-bit color 8-bit music and it has a really awesome 8-bit soundtrack and um it's single screen and in the middle of the screen is a princess and then she's surrounded sometimes by like pits or mountains or whatever but there's like these wooden uh like these wooden forts like the uh like wooden walls or whatever and uh then monsters are just coming in and trying to break through these walls and trying to get at the princess and you you're running around like attacking the monsters and you know it's kind of like overhead zelda style you know and you can be one of i think five or six different classes and uh, each class has its own different way that it attacks its own weapon and has its own different special power. And the, the killer thing is, is that like at the end of each stage, you collect hearts. And the, more, the, the higher combos you get when you're attacking enemies, the more hearts you get. And at the end of the stage, you spend your hearts on upgrades. So you can upgrade your weapon or your magic or you know, your speed. And then I forget what the fourth one is. But uh, you, you upgrade and the stages get harder and at the end of every stage is a boss and it's always different and there's always different enemies and the game can actually be over pretty quick um, if you're able to just bust straight through it. And, uh, but the cool thing is, is that you can play four player. Uh, it's single screen four player. And uh, man, we were just having a freaking blast with that game. It's super, super good. Like really fast paced. How much is it? Is it like something stupid, like $3 as well? Or? Yeah. Yeah. It's super cheap. I can't remember how many space bucks it was, but yeah, it's really cheap. So yeah, I mean, if people get a chance to look up the proper name for that game and go play it, I highly recommend it. If someone it. figures it out, please feel free to put it in the comments for the show. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. I should have looked it up before I came on the air. Good one. I know. It's either Mamuto, Mamuto, Mamato, <laughs> Mamoto, Tomato, Mimosa. Potato, <laughs> Grape. <laughs> but yeah, that's about it other than Red Dead. Oh man, I haven't played anything. I played Voodoo Dice and that was it. Yes, you did. And I'll just talk about Voodoo Dice long enough to tell you, don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Would you care to tell everyone what the uh, the strap for your review? Someone, someone in the office was like, walked by and was like, more like Doo Doo Dice. And so that's what I said. <laughs> so it's published by Ubisoft. It's a uh oh, you're never going to be allowed in their building. It's oh, basically a game where it's like basically a game where you uh, play as a die, <laughs> and you roll around as this little die. You are a die. You know, you're not right. dropping dice. You are this die. Right. And so you go through a series of worlds that I guess are supposed to be voodoo inspired in the sense that they're like tiki masks and torches and a tropical theme <laughs> and uh sort of like the what? enchanted tiki house at disneyland exactly and so somehow it's supposed to be voodoo mm. and there are also like curses you'll occasionally pick up so you roll this dice around and it's like a grid everything's a grid and you have to think like there might be a block in your way that has like a four on top and to get it to dissolve you have to roll your dice in such a way that the four right is on top sense. and so it sounds like kind of a, it could be a it, cool it could puzzler. be a clever yeah and so they have like a 
they'll introduce like a new mechanic where there'll be like a block that you can go by and if you match your number with it you'll magnetize to it and mm-hmm. then you have to roll together ah. there are cool ideas like that but for every level they have that's like a cool idea mm-hmm. there are like five others that are in there that are just like to make the game longer and they're just boring <laughs> and there's so many levels too where if you screw up like one thing like you push a stone the wrong way once mm-hmm. that's it restart the whole level oh and god it's, it's just yeah there's yeah. like there's so many ways that it's just like you're not going back and uh and the multiplayer is really not that cool either so you would not recommend this game no i, I gave it a 5 out of 10 so which on, on the ign scale is like a 0 right I'm this just is kidding. A, uh, this is a downloadable game. It is a it is an Xbox Live game, and the main reason for me, like, if it was like a cheap game, like if this was an indie game or something, it'd be yeah. cool. Like, but yeah. this is like this is a ten dollar game. Yeah, it is eight hundred points. Yeah, you know that's how the bit that's the that's what the big boys. Yeah, it's like it's like if you're gonna go spend ten dollars, man. I don't know. Isn't ten dollars sort of the median now? Like fifteen is yeah. is the new ten. That's the thing though. Is like if you if you go, I could tell you like twenty other Xbox Live games to spend ten dollars exactly. on before this one though. Right. You know? Right. And even if you did end up shelling out ten bucks for this, like you I did spend ten dollars of this and I probably will be too lazy to expense that. And <laughs> and for me it's like I played it and like I know I will never touch that again. I wow. might as well delete it off my hard drive. Right. So that's too bad. <laughs> it's just it's not a terrible game. It is there are good ideas in it, but it's just really boring. Yeah. So it's alpha protocol. <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah, I mean the thing is, is that it exists for iPhone as well, and I have—I bet you on iPhone, it's it's like a pretty cool game to kill time with. We're gonna say it kind of sounds familiar. I wonder if I've seen it on the on iPhone. Before. So yeah, this just looks like a like a. I said something about it looks like a mobile game, but that's insulting to mobile games, so I don't want to say that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so it's just not very good, right? Um, Boomer. Beyond that, I haven't really been playing a whole lot this week that we haven't talked about to death you know i played some left 4 dead too i've played some red dead um i could talk about how i started getting obsessed on geometry wars 2 again oh Ooh. you know i guess i didn't talk about and i guess i can now as i talk i did review blur oh right nice what did you think it's a minor game i like the beta um well i gave blur the lowest score it received on the internet wow damn Anthony doesn't like to brag, but he's one of the best gamers he knows. That, got, that, did get, that did get edited, by the way. That is not exactly how I worded that. No, who edited that? Um, well, that's that's doesn't matter. But I, I did say that I, I do think of the people I know. Was it I the know, person to your right at work? Yes. Okay. Yes. Of the people that I know, I am one of the better people at games, just in general, right? Like, and I And I don't mean that to brag. I just mean that, like, having worked with several members in the press, right. we've all seen people that, like, work in the press that are really bad, just bad at games. Yeah. Can, oh, I, yeah. can I just say, like, I've seen lots of people that are bad at games, and it doesn't affect their ability to review a game correctly. No, it doesn't. Right. Yeah, I'm not saying it does. But the whole point of me saying that I'm pretty good at games in general is that it has been a long time since I played a game where I repeatedly failed at the objectives. Mm. Like, I'm just not used to that. Mm-hmm. And Blur is a hard game, man. Hmm. It like, like you really have to be really good at drifting. Is it harder than MotorStorm? No, hmm. MotorStorm I don't think is particularly difficult. I mean, it can be right on some of the hard races, but yeah. this is like really hard. Like, like I ha- I did bump it down to easy for wow. some of the later tracks just right. because against the AI and stuff, it's just brutal. Like, yeah, like I said, if you're not really good at drifting, that game is really hard. And I'm hmm. I've never been great at drifting mm-hmm. like i end, and the drifting in that game is pretty challenging to begin with so i ended up having oh. to use a car that's very grippy right. but uh the thing i didn't like about that game was i felt like that game 
it was at its best when you were either just driving mm-hmm. or just having to focus on shooting things. It not was never. Both. I did not think. Yeah, it, it huh. f- kind of fell apart for me because when you were worrying about like shooting people and driving, you would end up like drive. You wouldn't be able to pull off those awesome hmm. drifts that they want you to pull off. Right. Um. Well, was it was it a controls issue? Like, did you have to move your fingers off the thumbsticks or something in order to shoot while you were trying to drift? Well, the so. I do feel like I mean you could change things right, but mm-hmm. the default controls have the uh, the 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 man the handbrake on the B button instead of the A button like most games do mm-hmm. because the power ups are on the A button. Mm-hmm. But uh, so much of the game is surrounds the idea of fans getting fans, mm-hmm. and fans are basically like points you get them for doing things like shooting guys or doing a really awesome drift. Mm-hmm. And so you're you're so concerned with all these different objectives all the time that it gets really challenging to just like winning the race just focus on when and you sometimes you can't win the race without shooting guys as well right because Mm. in that game man that all the other enemy cars a lot of times seem way faster than you (laughs) so it can just be like i found that game to be totally challenging and the Mm. the battle modes online i know i wasn't the only one g4 didn't particularly enjoy the game as much either Mm. and like in the battle mode on that um when you have 20 players on a track and let's say it's either a race, it, let's say it's a race with weapons yeah. or it's like a, the battle mode with 20 players. It's like, it's like a Mario, imagine Mario Kart where like 20 people are launching red turtle shells. <laughs> <laughs> it's just insane. Right. It's just chaotic. Yeah. It's just like to the yeah. point where it just wasn't fun. Like I can appreciate that. Like when you're, j- and that was the other thing. It was like, like I said, the battle modes where you're just driving around in an arena and fighting each other, uh-huh. that was actually pretty fun. Your dog is trying to eat the floor. Um, but, uh, sorry. The te- <laughs> and the team-based ones weren't as bad either because then when you're in teams, it breaks it up and so there aren't as many people shooting at like right. everybody. Right. Um, and you can, play, make sense. you can play hardcore racing mode as well where there aren't weapons. But in general, like I just found like they wanted that game to be like basically like the Call of Duty of racing games. And for me, it like... It just wasn't that appealing. Mm. And I do like like arcade racing games. Like I mm-hmm. really like Mod Nation Racer. I like mm-hmm. Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. But like as far as like arcade style racers that have come out, like honestly, like I said it in my review. Are you gonna say I, something now that'll piss a bunch of people off? Yeah, I already said it once in the review, so I'll piss everyone off again. I mean if you're gonna pick nice. one like if I was you know, if, as a consumer, right, if I was gonna go out and pick one right now, like it, it's hands down, it's not even a doubt in my mind that split second is the superior game. Wow. Like and I know that they're not exactly the same, right? Right. They are different, but that's like such an easy comparison yeah, to draw. Yeah, because they're two arcade-ish racing games that came out at the same time. Right, where you're killing your opponents, that sort yeah. of thing. And Split Second is like, in my way, is just like better in almost every way, except for the fact that I think that Blur does a much better job with like persistent online benefits as far as like ranking up and mm-hmm. getting perks and that sort of thing. They call them mods. And but, Split Second isn't going to last as long as Blur could if you decide you're really into Blur. Yeah, I mean, you could if you are really into Blur, like it's like I said, man, you can drop hours upon hours about unlocking mm. all everything in that game. Like, there's a shit ton to unlock. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, Split Second to me is just like the more like jump in immediately and immediately have that sense of gratification and fun. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, in Blur, you still have to think about things like the speedometer and stuff like that sometimes. In Split Seconds, like, you're just going fast. That's all you need to know. <laughs> and... I don't know. Yeah. So. Like I yeah I mean I I haven't played either of them but I mean I've been to the uh you know to all the different conventions where their booths are literally next to each other or not literally but you know they're right 
And uh, yeah, I mean, I I would just look and split second. Split second was visually the one that would sort of catch my way eye the better most. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, Blur isn't a bad looking game. I just think that right. like Blur does a good job with the cars and everything else is kind of eh. Mm-hmm. Whereas split second, like they did such a great job with the cars and the environments because the environments are blowing up and everything. So mm-hmm. you know they they really focused on the way that they look. Mm-hmm. And that being said, I still gave Blur a seven. Like I still think it's like a f- totally fine game. It's just for me, who was also not the hugest project gotham racing fan either like right like but you know i do like arcade racers especially where you're shooting each other and stuff yeah. it's just yeah to me this just this just wasn't the game that right. i thought that it was going to be right it just doesn't sound like a game you had that much fun with no i didn't right. i you know like i said man when it comes down to it if i'm going to spend time playing an arcade racer it's going to be split second especially lately mm-hmm. if i was going to spend my money on one it's not it's not even a question right all right let's take a break and then we'll come back with the middle segment and we'll do an abridged lift. All right, so due to starting late and this fucking dog being insane and derailing us, uh, we're just going to skip to a letter segment. You're going to have till next week to now comment on the the topic that is on eat-sleep-game.com about, you know, game that you've enjoyed the most so far, you know, in and this year. And your biggest disappointment so and far this year. Um, so we're just going sure, to jump, jump straight into letters. Yeah, I mean, there have been so many fucking amazing games already this year, yeah. so it's like... We might as well just call this 2011 now. <laughs> um, okay. So the first letter is from Conrad. Well, he says Chuck, but how do you approach someone you've only known as an acquaintance? Don't see in your everyday activities, but have become infatuated with, based mostly on style and musical taste. The situation feels makes me feel like a major creeper, and I don't like that feeling. Yeah, it's weird. It's like you either need to say something like, the, the pressure is to say something smart, something funny right or something interesting right and that's not easy to or do just with the pretty girl ask her if she wants to get coffee <laughs> jesus the worst she's the the worst she can say is no and but you a complete would be stranger it's weird complete strangers well, no, he, he said he said all the time he said they've uh they're, they're at least acquaintances uh, acquaintances oh Hey, would you like to go with me? So to... it isn't. It oh, isn't. It isn't like he just idea. like saw this girl wearing like a music of a band that he liked, and, and so he became right. infatuated from afar. But in which case, I would just say, just hey, if you like the band, hey, that's a cool Radiohead shirt. I love it. Let's go make out the Pyramid song. <laughs> <laughs> One hipster. thing I can suggest, like I like, I, I don't have any any notion on how to like actually approach women because I'm bad at it, but I can say that. One thing you shouldn't do, and I know this from experience, is invite her to a concert. Like, right. don't take somebody that you barely know to a concert because then they'll spend the entire time standing next to each other, 
not talking because you're watching the music and it actually turns out to be this really awkward enterprise. I have also a, done exactly what Matt said. If she's a cute girl, <laughs> there are totally other dudes that will try to swoop on her. Yeah. At a concert. That flat too. out. Just ask her just ask her out. Just ask her out, you dummy. <laughs> oh, if only I had taken your advice, Arthur. I, I know that it's it's super hard. Like maybe even when you think a girl is interested, making the first move is is super hard. Yeah. Like, it's flat out. Like, I am always terrified. I do wish it was more okay for women to make the first move. I've actually known a lot of girls who made the first move, so in that respect, I've been lucky. I've but never known any. Maybe it's just that they don't make the first move with me. Wah, wah. Um, awkward silence. That was, your, <laughs> yeah, that was your awkward silence in the podcast. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I just got to, I got distracted by a letter that wasn't partic- particularly good. Um, but both of Jody and I, in my first dates, were concerts. It was oh, really? That's MIA funny. and Six Inches of Blood. Oh, Jesus! Did you watch? <laughs> did you read all the shit unfolding about MIA today? No, I didn't. I don't, I don't even know uh, what's happening. There's a profile in the New York Times on her by uh, Lynn Hirschberg, and apparently she didn't like it mm. and tweeted. Uh, Lynn Hirschberg's phone number on just and oh, wow. had people call her and talk shit and claimed how interviews and news stories aren't facts, etc., etc. It's just opinions, blah blah blah. Possibly because that whole story just makes her look like a totally self-absorbed twat. You, you know what? I've heard stories from people who have dealt with her because I, I know people used to work in Converse PR and she was a Converse uh, rep for a while or, or a Converse rep. I don't know how. She and had a deal. Sponsored by Converse. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, man, I yeah, dude, I heard some stories about her being a BR. <laughs> like she's totally superficial and yeah. manufactured and And crazy. all that fucking like uh, rebel shit is all manufactured <laughs> i mean it doesn't all seem manufactured it just doesn't seem particularly well thought out yeah but i love her music though anyway okay the next letter is from avi and he says uh, assuming you guys are talking about mark's mario galaxy 2 this week which surprisingly we didn't because apparently no one's played it i really want um, to though ryan says it's fucking amazing so he says this might have already been discussed but in case it hasn't he says what is it that nintendo does that makes him exempt from the horrible japanese games i.e lost planet <laughs> Also, what about Team Ico? Uh, simplicity, like executing really well on some very simple designs and doing it well and good level design. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's weird. It's like, yes, where they do simplicity, it's like, a, you know, I was watching this video of this, um, of this guy who... He, he, <laughs> what are you doing to that dog? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and now he's like just chewing person. on Anthony's hat. He does sound like a person. Oh my god. <laughs> it sounds like a child. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> hey, buddy. Akbar. Akhtar. He ruined that cat toy. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, my. He blew it up. Uh, he ate it. <laughs> All right. Are we still recording? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Pause. 
Okay. Oh no, that's all staying in there. Um. So, anyways, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I I feel like Arthur's right that the thing that Nintendo does is they have an idea and they know it and they iterate on it and they iterate on it where it gets a little bit better each time. They can don't I, actually beat it into the ground usually. Can I hear you say that again one more time for posterity's sake? What? They iterate on it well. No, what you said before that. They, they. They beat on it. No, just that you said I was right. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. I can't remember the last time I actually heard you say that on the phone. <laughs> no, Arthur, you're right about a lot of things, man. I was actually I think I just died. Um <laughs> Yeah, so you know Um Now he's eating paper. So yeah, I just think that the, the, those games in general they are really good because they find a good idea and they can stick with it and make it And if you like just want an idea of how much Nintendo pays attention to detail. Like, there's this good YouTube video where they break down the camera in Super Mario World. Mm. Like, all all the different sort of camera logic they have. Like, when the camera snaps to the lower platform, when the camera, like, floats with you when you jump. Mm-hmm. And, like, all these little bitty things are the tiny things that sort of don't disorient the player. Right. Yeah. That sounds... And well, they're all... Sorry. Well, I was just going to say some other things that that Nintendo doesn't do that a lot of other Japanese developers have been doing for the last few years is they're not super obsessed with animation. They're not determined that you're going to see every frame of animation that they did for a character every time you do something. Like when you hit a button, something happens right away. There's good feedback. Although they're never I, waiting for stuff. Although I know some of the people that, that are like Scott Bromley that we know that are animated said that Mario Galaxy 2 has some of the best animation of a character. In a right, while, but in it, quite it a transitions while. quickly from thing to thing. It's never like, oh, well, we did this. We have to wait for the animation to end before he'll do something else. That's true. Um, he can break animation totally. Um, and Matt, you were going to say something. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that um, from what I've been told is that Mario Galaxy 2 kind of carries on the Mario tradition in that it's constantly introducing like new gameplay elements. Yeah. And that uh, and Mario Galaxy 2 especially... Uh, at least what Ryan says, he he feels like he's seen everything that the game has to offer, and then the rest of the game is just going to be variations on the theme. But that each new world he goes into and stages within those worlds always changes up things. There's always like new new ways to do stuff, and he's just completely blown away by the amount of content that's in there and how it's all executed extremely well. Yeah, basically, I've that's heard, just what Nintendo does. I was gonna say basically, I've heard Mario Galaxy Two is in a lot of ways just a complete build upon everything the first one did right, but yeah. even better in a lot of ways. I mean, this yeah. is all academic for me because I'm not interested in Mario Galaxy or Mario Galaxy 2. Like, I just haven't been able to get into a Mario game in a really long time. Like, New Super Mario Brothers Wii just didn't grab me at all. Um, I had fun with it, but I, I didn't actually play through the whole thing at all. I'd be in the whole thing, but it also comes down to me that's a co-op only game. Like, I would never yeah. play it by myself. Yeah, exactly. I think if I had somebody to play it with, I would play it. Right. I just, like, I, I'd i be interested to see what Ryan means by doing new things all the time, because everything that I've seen in Mario Galaxy, and I've seen a fair bit of it at work, because people at work fucking love that game. Mm-hmm. Um, the 10 was not a surprise to anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I'm not seeing anything that just leaves me in the sort of sense of awe that it seems like a lot of people are. Of well, I'm probably I'm probably going to play it sometime within the next couple of weeks. I think so uh, I'll be able to I think in general the Mario Galaxy games the only reason like they just strike people is because they're one of those few games you'll play nowadays in an adult that still strike you with like that that little bit of wonder 
as like you had as a kid yeah, playing they, 64 for the first time or something. They bring or, you back to that child place. Well, they're, I mean, Nintendo is ruthlessly evocative of its past. Like it's always like, but the, but we are going to reference the shit out of that time you were happy as a kid. But in a really good way that actually, things. but that's the thing is they're so successful at it to where it'll make people like Sean Elliott say the word call games like the first Mario Galaxy a delight. Right. <laughs> like something he would never say about. <laughs> game, you know, just, and, and I also agree. causes people to lash out in ridiculous fury when someone like GamePro has the temerity to give it a four and a half stars out of five. Or GameSpy. Or GameSpy. Wait, um, Ryan gave it a four and a half? Yeah. I'm a little surprised I thought Ryan worshipped at the altar of that game. Yeah, he does. A four and a half. Don't go Uncharted on me. I'm not going to. <laughs> I, I mean, Ryan gave Batman Arkham Asylum five. Yeah. But he also it seems like Ryan liked Mario Galaxy as much, if not more, than he liked Batman. Ah, uh, no. So I was just surprised. this is why review scores are dumb. I don't think review would... scores are dumb. I think that it's totally fine to to rate something as long as it matches the text and as long as they're contextualized properly. That's my problem. Well, with I mean, it's just it doesn't like contextualize anything. Yeah, I just I, I don't mean that review scores as a concept are dumb. I guess I just mean that it's like that's always the argument is like. This person rated this game as this, but he also rated this game as this, and it's like, See, how could they do that? I'm oh, totally what were they fine thinking? with comparing a person's past scores to their current scores. It's saying, well, this site gave game A whatever and gave game B whatever. So you mean to tell me that game B is worse than game C, which got this score, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, like, those are all different people. I haven't read Ryan's review. I, I wonder if part of it is just that it wasn't like he's seen it before. Right. Maybe in Batman was like so like... Holy shit. Okay. Um, Sean says, My question involves a recent crush that I think I may have on a girl in my class, junior in high school. Wait, I think I may have? Yeah, yeah well, I, I'm a junior, <laughs> I'm a junior in high school. Language to me. Uh, <laughs> all right, so there's a nerdy girl, 4.0, 2400 SAT, all that good stuff. Wow, I like that already. Who's not really my type. But I've still been really into her. I didn't notice it at first, but after a while, I noticed myself looking for opportunities to get close to her, help her with homework, even brush hair out of her face if I'm feeling courageous. The thing is... (laughs) I'm just, like, picturing this guy, like, never, uh, never, uh, never engaging this girl. He's just, like, scoots next to her. Like, she's in line at the... It's a snack bar, scoots next to her, brushes like, her hair. <laughs> the thing is, he says, I'm scared of what other people might think if I'm noticed making moves on a girl who's probably never had a boyfriend in her life. I know it seems shallow or douchey of me to think, but it's hard to deal with the social slander in high school. Any ideas how I can get close to her and be how I, how I could avoid gossip? Um, Live in a house and never leave. Yeah, really. Dude, mm-hmm. fuck worrying about gossip, man. Like, yeah, it does sound shallow because it is shallow. <laughs> yeah, that, that's sorry. That is an astute <laughs> analysis of the situation, Matt. I, I mean, I, I know that makes me sound kind of like a condescending asshole, but it's true. I mean, and I, condescension is necessary. I just, you know, if she's really, if you're really into her, I can vouch that the smart girls are the best girls yeah it's true so like it may be the kind of thing where it's it could be something that you will really enjoy and that the rumors won't mean that 
they won't mean anything to you. I mean, like if you're actually really into each other and you're having a good time, I mean, like what people say isn't going to concern you at all. It may concern you now while you're thinking about it, but like if something actually happens between you two, you're probably going to be glad that you went for it. Word. Word. Um, all right, I wanted to find a non-gaming-related uh, or a gaming-related question. I mean. Okay, I, th- I thought that sounded a little backwards. Um, <laughs> so. Well, oh, I believe Admiral just farted in Tyler's face. Oh, <laughs> so bad. All right, well, it's let's like just garbage comes out of his we'll butt. Just, yeah. We'll just end. Um, yeah, this is definitely a shorter show this week, guys. Uh, sorry, guys. We had man. some technical difficulties. It's just been. Game. It's just been. I felt like a turd was put in my nostril. <laughs> okay, we can make that happen if you'd like. So Jeff writes in, and he says. The recent releases of Red, De- Red Dead Redemption and Just Cause 2 are fun, but still seem to be lacking in significant development of the open-world approach ahead of previous titles like GTA 4. It seems that beyond the technical achievement and grapple-hook mayhem, there is still something about the actual gaming aspects of this genre that are not fulfilling to the player. Maybe this, this is something Arthur feels. Where do you think, uh, or where would you like open-world games to go? Uh, I think open world, I, I mean, I said it before, I just think that a lot of open world games focus on having this massive amount of stuff that you can do, and a lot of it isn't very fun or not particularly well developed. I guess that's just a problem, right? It's like they give you a giant open world. The fear is if they don't give you enough to do, then you'll just be like, I have this giant open world and no reason right. at all to go around. Right. And they're you know? right, because that's happened in some open world I games. I mean, that's me with every so, Grand Theft Auto game. It's I a think legitimate a, worry. A lot of people get lost in Grand Theft Auto. Um I think I think a lot of the problem too is just in the technology. I think just the way, um, like to me, a lot of the fun I get from open world games. You know, I kind of mentioned it earlier. It's it's by applying a context mm-hmm. that the game developers aren't necessarily intending to imply. You know, like <laughs> hey, this car just fell off that roof, and it was funny because it did right. this, that, or the other. Right. I I think when technology catches up to where. Uh, you know, developers can, you know, program in this uh, contextual way to where the game can have context and uh, and sort of a hierarchical system of like, you know, what, you know, what 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 are some sort of important things happening? You know, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know, like, and maybe that can help some of the more emergent game. We'll see what elements of open world better. I I, I think that that's true, and I and I hope that that does happen. Um, for me personally, it's always been that I want somebody to t- establish an open world game and treat it like a platform that they iterate on as opposed to like right. then making a whole new game. Like I would love it if GTA's for Liberty City, if they made, you know, like they, yeah, they have Liberty's the, the, the DLC that's come out for it. But what I, what I want is I want for, you know, it would be awesome in my opinion if, um, if they released the GTA 4 engine to other developers and said, here's Liberty City, now make something happen in Liberty City. Mm-hmm, right. I mean, I would almost yeah. like to see it as a platform of development because, you know, like... Have there all, been mods for the PC version of Grand There have been, 4? yeah. In fact, there's ones where people get super into RPing where there's like cops Yeah, that, and that was mostly and, for... Uh, uh, which one? The uh, San Andreas. That yeah. one has a big yeah. mod community. Yeah, exactly. 
And so like, but what I, what I want is, cause you know, like all open world games are, is there's various systems that are interacting on different levels. Like you have, uh, uh, like in GTA four, you know, you have the traffic system, you have the pedestrian system, you have, uh, you know, the combat systems and well, I'm not really thinking about the combat systems. I mean, more like the things that are AI controlled and mm-hmm. they're interactive can all interact with each other in yeah. various ways. And like, you know, they're like big Venn diagrams, basically. The and ecosystem. Yeah, of the game. exactly. An ecosystem in a game. And so what I want is I want I want a platform of an open world game to, to continue to add nodes into that ecosystem. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, what if in Grand Theft Auto, okay, so like... Um, uh, Rockstar released a patch which made, uh, which added in a bunch of new clothing store brands. So there's a bunch of clothing stores that you can go into now. They added in like you know uh, apartment buildings that you can go in, and like the something interesting is in those apartment buildings. You know, yeah. and they just kept expanding like what the the systems that are in the game that interact with one another. Like you know the the clothing brands. The, if you go to the particular clothing brands now, people treat you differently on the street. You know, there's like. Just keep adding into the systems right. and make that ecosystem more believable because that's the the thing about GTA 4 and about the Liberty City is that, like, I feel there's so much city there that I'm just going past. And, like, I kind of don't care what's really going on. And, you know, in Red Dead, you know, you'll you'll be riding your horse down a lane, uh, down a, down a road or down a horse track or something, and there will be somebody off to the side and there's something interesting that comes and happens. And, like... I would love to see that like all the time, you know, like what if um, like a big thing in uh, Morrowind and in Oblivion was that all of the NPCs had a home. They had a schedule, you know, like what if somebody did that in Liberty City? Like all the NPCs had a home. They had a schedule. They had a place of business. You know, they had they had times where they went to eat. They had times where they went and drank. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that this is like an easy undertaking. It's just the kind of thing where I want to see open world games going. I don't want them to be, I don't want them to just be mission points where you go and you talk to somebody and then you complete a mission. Then you go and talk to somebody else and you complete a mission. Like that's the standard now. Mm-hmm. I want it to be more open interactive systems. It's kind of like what um, Will Wright was talking about in the early development days of Spore about like these yeah. ecosystems that you know that overlap in these really interesting ways and how you know how to develop that kind of system and you know, i don't know i assume someday somebody's gonna make that kind of game yeah i just man i want the doing to be fun and not just seeing what happens after i do to be fun yeah yeah all right tyler you were gonna say something and i cut you off i'm sorry oh no no i was just gonna say uh Will Wright has a great talk that recently went up on the internet. You can find uh, he did a talk at a military conference. Oh wow! Um, and it's very it was very much like his meta metaphysics of gaming talk that he gave at GDC. If you just <laughs> look up Will Wright and um, Army Games 2010, oh, and, wow. he, and he okay. talks a lot about these things that we're talking about, like systemic gameplay, mm-hmm. and uh, it he gives it, it's a super long talk, and like I love lectures. I mean, it's over an hour, so <laughs> nice. Yeah, well, I awesome. highly recommend it. We actually walked past him today on the way to lunch. It's true. Oh, oh shit! Um, it was totally nonchalant. It's because I, th- I think he was walking the current, which is right around the corner. Was he smoking? Uh, no. no. <laughs> Does he smoke? Every time I've ever seen him outside, he is. Um, okay. He had his head down. He was trying to rush, and he was going through a bunch of Giants fans. Uh. <laughs> um, 
So thank you for listening to the show. We apologize. Yeah. Uh, you can send us at letters, letters at eat-sleep-game.com. You can find us all on Twitter. I'm twitter.com slash chuffmoney. Arthur's twitter.com slash A-G-I-S. Tyler's twitter.com slash dirty tea like the drink. And Matt is uh, twitter.com slash uh, talking. Hey. So you can find us all doing things. Is uh, Admiral Akbar going to have a Twitter account now? Uh, Admiral Akbar is going to die in a fire. And all the, all, <laughs> all, all the Twitter account, all, all the posts would be like, Item destroyed. (laughs) 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 Poot. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We'll see you all uh, next week. He's like, you just said something to me in my own language. (laughs) Yeah. Huh. The lag on Audacity is way less than it was last time, so that's good. Check, 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 check. Check, 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 check. Anthony, you want to speak? Hello, hello. This is me speaking about the level I assume I will be speaking during most of the show. Right. Tyler. Hey, everybody. This is... uh, Excited levels. <laughs> I laughed kind of loud. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. turn that one down. Turning it down. And Matt. Hey, this is Matt. I'm saying some stuff with some other things. And this is this is my loud laughter. <laughs> do you have a Do you have a tone for deeply revealing personal statements? Um, <sighs> yeah. No. That's that's I, good. I didn't want to really get into this, you know, but. It burns when I pee. <laughs> what is that more of a professional statement than a personal <laughs> one? <laughs> I think if we're, I uh, were a we're genital, let me 